So is this a decider? Queensland kick off in game number two. That is Safidi, it's as good a time as any to bring it back. Here's Kafusi with this blindside play. It went to ground, it's a knock-on. All good. Trubojevic, Tom is after it, he's very lanky, Pong is underneath. No, he's got the ball, Tom! He's got another aerial origin shot! As Hunt showed it to Jerry. Oh, put a grubber in! Chambers got a check in running, it went dead. There still might be a penalty here. They're going to check this. In our opinion, he would have gotten to the ball first. We have a decision. Cleary, Wade, Maloney for Brazil. He's over. That's an origin try for Tyson Brazil. Now for Trubuk to pull out to Nesco. He's away from Hunt. Now he runs a circle. He's inside the 10, the 20. And so Tom Trubuk goes in the scoring second. What a run by Tedesco. Absolutely brilliant. And O'Carr. And O'Carr goes for the accelerator. He's down to the 30. Gets it to Tedesco. Tedesco flick past it. Here comes number three for Donny. Tom Dravojevic scored a treble. My God, how good was that? Come to Graham. He puts a grubber in for Adam Carr. And Adam Carr gets another four point. But they are good meters, nevertheless. Cook, Graham, they got, they got, they're lining up. And here comes another one. Josh Addo Carr takes the pass from Jack Whiten. Addo Carr, a double. Easy. Razzle dazzle, Harlem Globetrotter star. And that is full time. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 197. This is Not The Footy Show, I'm Warwick Nicholson and I'm joined on the line by the man who is very, very happy that the Blues have made it one all, Mr. Rob Cox. Oh, mate, I love a decider. Love it, mm. you know. Mm. Kevy uh, loves a decider as well, mate. Did you know that? Yeah, has Kevy piped down at all? Lately? No, 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 Kevy's back in form. As we get into our Origin 3 preview here on Not The Footy Show, Kevy in form again. He has declared this the biggest Origin game Ever. Ah, uh, gee. Well, this is definitely not going to be the biggest on the footy show of all time. This is a short one. Uh, we'll be back after the break to talk about all the changes for game number three here on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Oh, it was hard on both players. Um, you know, they're both obviously disappointed, but we've got to make the tough calls sometimes. We weren't up to scratch, you know, in game two, and we'll just leave it at that, and we'll move on to game three and uh, get our preparation really spot on, make it make it the best preparation that we've had. And when we do that, you know, we've, and we've picked a team again that we expect to win game three. I've said that all, all along. We expected to win game two, and we expected to win game one, and we certainly expect to win game three with the team that we selected. Who was you as a coach in your small coaching career? No, it's not a small coaching career, Ben. Oh, I've been sorry, coaching for 20 game. years. Yeah, but, but uh, As origin coach. As origin coach. No, I, you know, I think 2017 was a, was a big one for us as well, the decider, and we won't manage to win that game. Uh, you know, I'm very confident about uh, the team that we've selected, very confident about what's going to happen in Game 3 with our preparation. Um, I've faced this challenge before, you know, as a player and won, and I've faced this challenge as a coach with Queensland and won. So in my mind, um, you know, I know what we have to do, and we will do that this week, and the players will respond with a performance that, you know, that they're all capable of. We know that that's, that's in them. My belief and my trust hasn't wavered one little bit from... From, game, from when we first came to camp in game one to now. There's been a few changes in personnel, but generally we've got the same you know, 17 that are going to run out there and they, you know, they're expected to win. They will um, have a great, uh, uh, great preparation from within the group and then that will you know, determine the result. Yeah, I've made a decision on who's, who'll be full-back, um, but I'm waiting to get, assemble the team together and we'll discuss a few things uh, and then we'll make that decision well, that announcement later in the week. I, I just feel it's important uh, to get the team back in together, um, you know, have a good 
good chat about things, and then we'll get on with uh, our preparation, you know, for game three. Oh, there's a, there's a list a mile long, yeah, with, you know, Moses and Boy, um, Corey Norman, Cameron Munster, Michael Morgan. So there's a host of players that could fill that role for us. But, uh, you know, so we're, we're very fortunate in that department that we've got a lot of great and, and talented players um, that'll do the job for Queensland. And that, that's what excites me more than anything else is history of origin, and particularly for Queensland, is that whichever player is given the jersey, he will get the job done. Teddy, when we make that public? Uh, well, that'll be when, you know, later in the week. I'm not sure what day it'll be, but it'll be later in the week. So. Have you told the player, Kevin? No, no, we haven't, I haven't said anything to the players yet. They've just, like you guys, there's been a squad announced and um, we'll sort the positions out later in the week. As a young kid, and now here he is on the big stage at State of Origin in a, in a decider. It doesn't get any bigger than that for, for Corey. And knowing Corey and his personality, uh, you know, he's, he's very excited by it all and looking forward to, you know, the match and all that the, the match brings around, you know, the preparation and going into camp and, um, you know, and act, more importantly, the game. And he, he'll perform on the big stage. We've got a lot of faith and a lot of trust in what he brings as a player. No, well, I'm, I'm confident. What it, what it does, it opens up another opportunity for another young Queenslander to get their opportunity. Caelan has been uh, good for us, you know, this year in State of Origin. He's not there now. He wasn't there in Game 3 of last year uh, and we managed to win. So I'm expecting the same result this time round. Another another player will get their opportunity, and he will do the job for Queensland. Are you going to go down there as big underdog, sort of back to the wall stuff? It's, been, it's a good old-fashioned storyline for, for the Maroons, isn't it? Well, it's it's been a big part of Queensland's history. Um, you know, the underdog backs to the wall. Again, doesn't really bother me. I know where this team is at, and I know the performance that's that's in them. It's there. And it's my job as a coach to bring it out, and I will bring it out. What did they get wrong in game two? Uh, we got a lot of things wrong, Ben. But that was, you know, that's gone. That game, game, game one, we were really good. No one wants to talk about game one when Queensland came out and won the game here. Everyone wants to talk about game two. We don't want to talk about. It. It's got no, nothing to do with what's going to happen in the next seven days or ten days. You know, into, into Origin three. The exciting thing is for all Queenslanders that we're part of a, a decider, and it's it's going to be the biggest game in Origin's history. And I'm so thrilled and so excited to be part of it. It's, it's really amazing. We'll keep this one under two hours today, okay, mate? Yeah, under 30 minutes. Max. Okay, we're back. It's episode 197. I'm also doing the video of myself or my half of the uh, podcast for YouTube, so it's actually interesting when you look at our YouTube version. Cocksmith just refused to go, refuses to go on camera. He's He says that's in my contract that he's only on the, outs, the other side of the camera. He's not on the front of the camera. Speaking in front of the camera, Cocksmith, uh, Kevy in fine form again today. What'd you make of it? <laughs> Mate, I want to know who's get, giving him his drugs. I just want to know if it's the, if it's the coach whisperer mm. or if it's someone at Queensland Rugby League. I just want to know who's supplying him the amphetamine. Because he's going through some mood swings, old Kevy. He <laughs> almost cried three times today. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's up mm. and out, mate, basically. I mean, you will hear it. Oh, I've got to edit it after we do the record, everybody, so Cocksmith won't hear it until it's on the podcast. But uh, I, how do I even put it this the right way? Let's just say Kevy expects to win Origin 3. He said that about 53 times in the 10-minute uh, uh, press conference today. He just expects to win. If you, if you add it together, game number two and game number one, the amount of times he said that, clearly that's the buzzword or the, the trigger motion. It's like if you're, a, you're learning how to bat and cricket and they talk about a trigger motion. Um, it's where your feet move or your back swing or whatever. Clearly the coach whisperer has just got the trigger motion for uh, Kevy Walters is that he expects to do everything in life. And he expects mm. to win because the best part of that whole press conference was when one of the journos who obviously has been standing there for three press conferences in a row now and sort of just been going, is he legit? Is he saying this? Uh, he's standing and said, but didn't you expect to win in game two? Oh, oh, poor old Kevy, he copped it. Um, he didn't want to talk about game number two. It was funny because he then said, but, you know, in game number one, we expected it as well. And he went to this whole diatribe of game one. I'm thinking, well... I'm fine with you saying, Kev, that we're all about game three, but you've got to admit that, you know, you got your pants pulled down massively in game number two, just <laughs> as good as you were in game number one. Uh, and remember, he only gave Queensland a six out of ten in that game one, Coxman. That's right. That's right. Look, I don't I don't like uh, amped up Kevy. No. I like Kevy who's dropping F-bombs in press conferences. That's what I like. <laughs> yes, I, he did I that like... after game two, but that didn't happen, remember, game two. Just, it's, it's by the by. But, but see, that I like the real Kevy. 
I don't like this, you know, window dressing, this, uh, uh, you know, just all, all pumped up, Kevy beating his chest. They're going to expect to win. We've got to expect to win. We're going to beat the other team. We'll never mention their name because mm. they're not, it's, it's all crap. I just like it when he's real, you know? Yep. And he had those moments in the press today. There were some times where you could see that he was going like, I think he realises, and he's, I think he's always realised, this is a credit that I give to Kev Walters, is that he loves rugby league. He loved playing for the Broncos and the Raiders, as people forget. Uh, and he loved playing for Queensland. And it's funny because Kevy, the Queensland player, was a good player, but he was always, he was always the player under the pressure. If you, if you think back to the early 90s and mid-90s, Queensland lost a lot of those series. And everyone kept going, is Kevy Walters, Kevy Walters is the reason that we, we're not winning. We've got to change something up there. Alan Lang is God, basically, and uh, it's all Kevy's fault. And I, always, I always wonder whether he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder from that old Kevy with the media, because that was the story all through the 90s was pretty much that, you know, the, the Walters-Langer combination in Clubland was amazing, but it was never quite as good as the Stewart and Daly combination at Origin. I, I just wonder if that's got something to do with um, just a chip on the shoulder on old Kevy. It's just a thought. It's a random thought, but I just wonder if there's any uh, any basis to that. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure, mate. I I, I get the feeling, though, that, uh, um, you know, like Matthew Johns was, was sacked once or twice from New South Wales as well. He was the scapegoat. Um, so I think it was just, I think it was just Queensland grappling at straws, mate, trying to fire someone who they thought might make a, a difference or might make the, the, you know, the public think that everything was all right. We're back on track. We've gotten rid of our number six. We're back, baby. <laughs> Speaking so, of uh, grasping at straws, yeah. uh, Queensland have gone back to the tried and true uh, tradition of putting your opposition off balance by oh. not naming a lineup. Uh, they've named an alphabetical squad of seventeen. Uh, yeah, uh, there's three changes for Queensland. We don't know what the team is because Kevy's holding that close to his chest. He knows what the, diff- the changes are, but he's mm. not going to tell you. Uh, we've got uh, Jared Wallace uh, and Dylan Napper ceremoniously punted. Wallace mm. has been basically dropped twice in three games, which is impressive. Uh, he's only, and he's only played one. Uh, and Calum Ponga has been basically told, well, Queensland got told by the, New South, uh, the Newcastle medical staff that he ain't playing game number three, kids. You can forget about that pipe dream. So he's out. And in come uh, Christian Welch, who will debut, Corey Norman, who will debut, and Joe Offengawi comes back in, who missed game two because of injury. I'm fine with Offengawi coming in. Welch is a solid player. Uh, but, I mean, the question on everyone's lips, apart from Kevy's, because he knows the answer to this, is what do Queensland do at fullback? They have four legitimate options. Coxsmith, you've got Michael Morgan, you've got Cam Munster, you've got Moses and Bai, and you have Corey Norman. What do you do if you're Kev? Uh, <clears throat> look, it's it's going to go one of two ways. The other two ways, uh, the Morgan and the Embi ain't going to happen. Um, it's either going to be Norman or Munster at fullback, and I'd suggest it's probably going to be Norman. Um, I don't know. I don't know why you would take. I think Munster's quite possibly the best six uh, mm-hmm. in the comp. Um, notwithstanding James Maloney, who sometimes plays six and seven, but. I think you need Munster in the front line. I think you need him as your second receiver yep. um, or your first receiver on the left usually he plays. So I, I don't think you're going to... You know, Norman's been playing well as well. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I think um, I think you play Norman at fullback and then, you know, suck it and see uh, how the night goes. And if Munster struggles again, which he kind of did the other night, um, then well, you might swap true, it around. true. A lot of Queenslanders. That was the game where it doesn't matter really what position you played. It mm. just wasn't your finest night. For the Queensland players, that's what do you what, think they do, mate? What's your well? Idea? It's funny you've 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 basically gone with the the two guys. I don't think will get the job, <laughs> right. wow. and you know this is this is what we make what makes good radio, you know, mm-hmm. um, clashing heads. Look, I yeah. I have the feeling it was funny because one of the journos immediately said after uh, Kebby said, oh, "I haven't chosen." I said, "Oh, who's it down to?" And he he goes, "Moses and by." Corey <laughs> and by went straight off the tongue. Uh, now he could be playing us. He could be playing us, Kevy. He's playing us, man. Uh, I think it'll be. Look, if I'm Queensland and I want to try and win this game, I move Morgan back to number one and I play him by in the centres. That's probably the the option because I just think you've got to get Morgan more involved in the game than he has been in the other matches. He's done a lot of defence, which I don't think is his. It's so you put bet. Norman on the bench, do you? I, oh, I think that's the option that you've got to do. Uh, and if you want to then change things up, you can. He's that kind of player who probably can, can come on. He, look, he may not make a straight of difference, but he also might. He's that kind of player. He'll either be you know really good or non-existent. And that's the bit that I think you can roll that dice on the bench. I, 
Look, I don't think the other option is you really play Norman at centre, which you know Queensland have been known to play guys completely out of position, and that's fine. I, part of me actually says so of New South Wales. That's not well, you know. Well, apparently, we took a massive risk playing Tom Trebojevic in our team. Oh, how dare we do that? Well, I loved actually. We'll get. Center. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to the New South Wales team shortly. Mm. But yeah, it was always hilarious. People saying gutsy move by by Freddie bringing Trebojevic into the team when he played for Australia and was like in the New South Wales team all three games last year. Yeah, and he was hurt in game one. But the Queensland situation, I just look at Morgan at one and I go, that makes me worried. I don't I don't yeah. really mind if I've got Munster at fullback because that weakens 5'8", as you say. Mbai at fullback, yeah, wake me up when the game's over. If he plays at centre, he might do a defensive job uh, there for Queensland. But look, yeah, it's, it's, it's very comforting not having Kalen Ponga there. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah, totally, mate. He's he's just that X factor, isn't he? Um, I I think I'd I'd be inclined to play to play Norman at fullback. To be honest with you, mm. um, I think you you know you probably should have your best team on the field as much as you can. Um, and uh, you know I'm I'm kind of surprised Embiid's in the team again because he just hasn't played many minutes, and I just don't know if they're getting any value out of him as a fourteen. Well, he, by the time he was injected in Game 2, which we just should mention gone. because it's the first time we've spoken since uh, before Game 2. Uh, New South Wales won that game by about $4 billion to 6. Um, mm. Yeah, it, he just didn't get a chance. He came on, and I think Fred, uh, Kev even said in the post-match, oh, I injected Moses to try and spark the team, and it was like, I think it was 20 nil at that stage or 20 to 6 or something like that. Three uh, minutes to go. Oh, seriously, that was, yeah. Look, for Queensland, they they need one thing and one thing to change and it needs to happen. And, and to be fair, I think uh, Kevy wasn't too far off with his assen- assessment around that first hit up because for the first, we've spoken about this off air people, apologies, we used up all the gold because, you know, when New South Wales, we want to talk about our team winning, it happens. And the first 10 minutes, New South Wales bashed the life out of Queensland. Mm. Every tackle in that first defensive set of six, they was getting three blokes in and just murdering the ball carrier. And Queensland, I don't care, you can pretend that, you know, it's an 80-minute game. Sometimes these games, they look decided really early on. This was maybe not finished in that first, but that the mark difference between that set of six in defence versus game one, drastic. And mm. New South Wales kept that going the rest of the match. And you can... You can I don't think Jake Trebojevic was the best player on the field, but he was certainly a representation of how dominant the New South Wales pack was in that match. And you probably give... I'd give them that a match to Tedesco or Trebojevic, but I'm fine with... Jack Jeroyevich getting it because he represented what that forward pack did. We'll get to the South Wales team shortly, but finally on Queensland, they have got rid of two forwards that were lacklustre and a third, Tim Glasby, I thought was just not much different to those guys. He hasn't made complete change by getting rid of him as well. But Wallace and Napa go. They bring back Enoff and Gowie and Christian Welsh gets a chance. I can't see either of these two guys making a dramatic difference uh, to the way that the Queensland forwards play, but you've got to give the Queensland the benefit of the doubt in that their four pack probably won't get dominated to that extent again in game number three. Mm. Was, was Napper injured? <clears throat> Is Napper injured? No, he got dropped. The big pappy gone. Oh, I didn't, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, I like him when he fires up. I like him when he has a real dig and maybe that, that, that wrist injury is just not allowing him to play his full game. Like he's, you know, well, he hasn't shown these two matches. As far as I'm, like, I haven't noticed him in either game. That's that's my view of it. Mm. I could be way off the money there, but I, that's where I go. Kebby's just gone. No, nah, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't take that risk again. Uh, yeah. Not with, um, yeah, not with expecting really to think, win. I really think they missed Arrow and Joe and Joe off when Gowie. Yeah, um, Arrow in particular, who was outstanding yeah. in game one. Um, mm. Yeah, that's the changes for Queensland. Look uh, again, I I don't know why <laughs> they've let them to the squad apart from they're thinking that that's going to. Worry, Freddie. Look, they don't even say the New South Wales team name. I mean, yeah. are they even going to admit that they're going to Sydney? What's the boarding? What are their boarding passes going to say? Yeah, um, you know. Oh, so that's Queensland. Um, then I will name their lineup later in the week. But yeah, the question is who they play at fullback and whether that does that then you know weakens the rest of their team. We'll talk about New South Wales after break. But Queensland, um, yeah, rattle. The exciting thing is for all Queenslanders that we're part of a, a decider. And it's, it's going to be the biggest game in Origins history. And I'm so thrilled and so excited to be part of it. It's, it's really amazing. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. 
Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Not the footy show. Show? Since the game, things have progressed really well for Nathan. Just saw him up there with the physio working it. Just going to get a, a plan together because uh, our trainer's back and everyone's together. And uh, I feel like he's going to be OK. Oh, there's no time limit on Nathan. I think it's been a pretty important part of the group for the last couple of years. And so we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I think he's going to be our best gauge later in the week about his confidence and how much power he's got in it. Uh, he's... You know he's going to do everything possible, you know, everything possible. And we spoke to the coaching staff out of Penrith, and you know, I know Nathan well, so uh, he's one player you know that's not going to... There'll be no shortcuts, and and he'll end up, I'm saying, making the final decision later on the week. I don't think so. I think the fact is we've got Wade and also uh, Jack Warden, who played 5-8 as well, so uh, you don't really get that many sessions out. Uh, the boys have all just, you know, 15 weeks of hard football and a couple of start of origins. You know, the, the, the best thing we can do from at the moment is a little bit of rest and just get our head around the job ahead. Uh, side that did the job in game two, so no Clement. Can you talk us through that Yeah, it's a tough one because we love Clem, We love what he's about. And uh, it was one of those discussions that was hard, but he made it easy. His reaction was so, um, you know, what was it? So refreshing. He just wished Tarek all the best and... He said, if you got the opportunity, you'd absolutely love coming to camp again. So uh, he's, that's why he's a valued member of any team he plays for, because he just loves what rugby league's about, and he understands our team, and he saw most of the boys play really well and understands why we picked that team again. It's credit to Daniel what he was able to do Yeah, he was, he was really, did a really good job for us. Um, he had a specific role, and he was absolutely perfect at what he did. So, and then he went and did a really good job against Brisbane against a big forward pack. And backed it up well, so um, yeah, we found it very hard to to swap it over. I feel like it. I know they're trying to make a stance in the game, and I and everyone understands the stance. I'm just not sure if this is the tackle uh, where they need to do it. So uh, we wish him all the best. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully, Michael Morgan's pulled up okay. But yeah, I feel like uh, once they sit down and uh, scrutinise the timing and all that. Considering on the on the field they had time to scrutinise it and some video referees and referees found it okay not even to give a penalty. So I just think that um, I think they did, he'll get a downgrade. Yeah, purely just the way they did it over there, the way they worked together, the way they worked for each other was the indicator. I think I'd love to have Clem in the team and like I said, if if Tarek was unable to beat the charge, then Clem comes straight in. Okay, it's time to talk New South Wales here on Not The Footy Show's uh, Origin 3 preview. Warwick Nicholson, Rob Cox, talking to you on the YouTube and on the podcast. Mm. And someone we could probably invite to watch uh, the game next week is possibly David Clemmer. Because uh, <laughs> he's been... Uh, he hasn't been Latrell Mitchell dumped, but he's certainly been... Um, I've got a theory, Cocksmith. I want to hear yours first. But yep. there is no David Clemmer in the, uh, the initial 17 named or 18 named by... New South Wales for game number three. Freddie has stuck solid with the players who got the job done in game two. What are your thoughts about Dave Clemmer not getting a spot in the team for game three? Well, my my theory is that um, uh, Freddie knows that Tarek Sims is about to be uh, is about to be suspended, and it'll just make an easy pathway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, name Tarek uh, probably not going to be there, and then Clemmer comes in. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. What about you? So you think that's the reason they haven't picked Clemmer? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that I think you know he's the logical choice when Sims gets gets um, shafted for hitting a, a playmaker. Okay, it's funny because I, I listened to Freddie's press; it was much shorter than Kevin's, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Freddie only said once he expects to win Game Three. Uh, yeah, you can you can check the tape, but where Freddie, I think is is. I don't think it's a case of so much rewarding the game two result as yep. Freddie's bench use in game two versus yep. game one, drastically different. And he even said it in the press tonight, Sayafidi played a very specific role for Freddie and did exactly yep. what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And that meant not playing 
heaps of minutes, not starting in the game and playing for the first 50 like Clem did in game one. Yep. Tarek Sims, exactly the same. Came on, did a role for a period of time, then came off. Uh, Jake Trebojevic plays massive minutes at prop. Finnecane plays first half hour. Where I look at this is that Clemmer is, is, is missing out as a result of Freddie maybe getting a handle on how to use his bench better in this game of game two. I mean, the mm. game certainly flowed in New South Wales' favour the whole time, mm. and it allows these decisions to be a lot easier to make. But he also didn't bring Cameron Murray on to the last half hour of that game either, who yeah. played 51 minutes in game one. I just have this feeling that Freddie thinks he struck gold with what he did in game two, which he clearly did with the score, and especially in the conditions and the fact that New South Wales scored that many points when it was pouring down with rain in Perth. Mm. I just think he's he's playing the card of, you know, I know what I've got with everybody in these roles. And, and there's some knocks on Clemmer in certain ways that he... He plays, which I don't agree with, but there's people who reckon he's more concerned with his metres gained than quick play the balls is one of the theories out there. And if you know what you're going to get with the roles that, that Sofiti gave you, I didn't think he was outstanding in game two by any stretch. I didn't think he was one of the best players in the field, but he, he did his job. Hmm. They leave Clemmer out to allow that style to be played again. Risky, maybe. I mean, we haven't even got to the fact that Cleary's in doubt, but yeah... I don't know if I completely think that Freddie is gung-ho on, well, is is totally expecting Sims to miss out in game two. His mm. press conference was very much like, you can't seriously be suspending him for this, as opposed to, oh, I hope he gets off. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit, it was a little bit different. Maybe he's trying to influence the judiciary. That's part of the course as a coach. Mm. If you could see Paul Green and Mary McGregor after the game on uh, Saturday or Friday, whichever day it was. But that. that's that's my theory is that it's it's about how the bench is used, how the players' uh, minutes are managed. And, uh, yeah, also Clem's only had one game under the belt since game one. And is that fitness level there to be able to play his role that he played in game one or could he adapt and play that role that they want in game two? Yes, okay, we both would have him in there. But that's just my theory. I, I think it comes down to a strategic element in regards to the bench that Fittler nailed in game two. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. I don't necessarily mm. agree with it, but uh, oh, it is way off. <laughs> no, it's an interesting theory, mate. And and uh, you know, in in a way, I, I like I like Tarek Sims, as you know. Yeah, I, I same think here. He's a, Should I have been there in game one. Yep. Yeah, he's 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 that kind of aggressive enforcer that um, you need, and 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 he's the kind of player um, that will get the halves having a look uh, when he comes from that. You know, he generally comes from you know in, inside. And, and puts pressure on the halves that way. Um, he hit. I think he hit Michael Morgan quite square. Uh, I well, we had this discussion this afternoon. To be fair to people, we've had, we've had this out, Cocksmith and I, and we'll touch on it again. And and Cocksmith, keep going with your theory. But I just want to be clear with everybody: like we are probably on slightly different sides of the fence here with the uh, Tarek Sims hit. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't think I really don't think there was that much in it. Um, I, I think there was, you know, there probably was contact with the head with the left shoulder. Um, or at least, yeah, I'd say the left shoulder. Yep. In saying that, I don't think there was definitely no intent or malice in it. I think it might have been a careless tackle. Um, but he, he, you know, that's his job. His job is there as the fourth man in from the touchline to put pressure yep. on on the playmakers, and uh, and he does it. He does it quite effectively. Um, you know, I, I think it was. I think it was a little bit late to be pulling out of it. Um, it was it was you know I don't think he was late on the the arrival. I think it it all happened very quickly. Um, so I don't think that there was any intent in it. And uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't suggest it's a grade one at worst for mine, which mm. carries seventy five points. Um, you know, we 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 get very very um, touchy about playmakers these days. And I and you know over the last few years we have seen some howlers. Uh, you know, Sia Soliola on on um, yeah, Billy, on Billy was was very ugly. Um, you know, that was probably the ugliest one I've seen for you know for a number of years. But you know, they can't just let the they can't just let the halfbacks have all the time in the world. Mm. You know, and we I know we've got to protect playmakers a little bit, but you can't make them a protected species. Um, otherwise, you know, we're, we're softening the game yet again, and it's mm. not a game for everyone. You know, so. 
And that's why we watch it in our millions on TV because it's not a game for everybody. It's not a game that everybody can play. Um, So, you know, I like the contact and the contest, to be honest. What's your take on it, mate? I don't disagree with most of what you said in regards to, you know, the contact wasn't drastically late. It wasn't vicious. He wasn't trying to take his head off in terms of what he actually did. He may have well been wanting to try and put a lot of pressure on Morgan to make him not want to run to the line again. And that's my clincher, I guess, to why he's been facing two weeks here. Look, he's not he's not someone who has missed these players in the past. And I have no doubt that counts against him. And this is the role that he's embraced when he got to St. George Lawara. He's become the enforcer. He wasn't this before. At Newcastle and at the Cowboys, it, it wasn't... He was more of that edge sort of dynamic back rower. And he did his, obviously, his, his ankle about three or four times, which didn't help. But this is the role that has got Tarek Sims into rep football. And there's a certain level of responsibility you take with that, which is, you know, if you're going to run that or tread that fine line, sometimes you're going to hit guys in the head. Where I have an issue with this is that I agree he didn't pull out, but he also put himself in a position where his shoulder smashed Michael Morgan in the head. The the, the bounce back to you, I guess, from my point of view is, you know, he's still responsible for doing that. And by putting that pressure on, he has put him in the posi- himself in the position where that is a possibility of being the end result. And that's why I think he's been charged. He's obviously facing two matches. Can he get it off and end up being cleared? Good luck to him if he can. But I've got no dramas with the NRL uh, laying down this charge for what he did because he's responsible. And I, I use this on the phone with you, DeSavo. It's not too dissimilar with the way that crusher tackle is happening is that if you put yourself in that position and the player gets hurt or you hit him in a certain way as a result of trying to enact a certain rugby league play, we guess we call it now, then mm. if it goes wrong, you're responsible. And that's yeah. the same thing for Fida's responsible uh, for what happened with his crusher tackle. He put himself in that position and that's what happens. Yeah. And yeah, I, I... Do you think I, it's bad enough to miss an origin or a grand final or something? I can't play that card because Billy Slater missed played grand final last year. I, that's the one of the biggest rorts of all time. I yeah, I, it's I hate that. I, I don't get me wrong, if I'm in the player in that position, I'm I'm desperate to play in a big game and I'm going, surely it matters more and the rest of it. But if you try and put your objective hat on for a moment. Well they don't, mate. It depends well, we on the that. player. It depends on that. the player. Well, well let's put our objective year. hat on for well, okay, not for an unknown Tommy <laughs> from the Raiders. Let's not put an objective hat on then. Who's that? You know, five weeks for for an eye gouge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't remember Hudson Young. He's, he's now no longer a um, a relevant player in the NRL because he did something bad. Um, George Burgess, I don't know how many weeks he'll get for his one. But that's the, that's yeah, the thing. Plenty. Again, we're, we're talking about this. I mean, we, okay, if we want to we want to really extend on what we talked about this afternoon, um, Cameron Munster and... Um, Origin 2 did a tackle that wasn't um, very nice from a crusher perspective and didn't even cop a charge. So, yeah, um, good to see that lasted all of about three minutes. Uh, yeah, New South Wales, that's the decision they have to make. Uh, there's no dramas, obviously, with um, if Sims misses out, Clemmer comes in. Fiddler's mm. already stated that is the case. Yeah. Uh, Clinton Gutherson is the 18th man, but he won't come in um, to replace uh, Sims. Well, who's he going to replace? Let's just be honest for a second, okay? Who's he going to replace? No, uh, okay. and even so, if so, hold on, hold on. So if yep. Cleary doesn't play, Gutho's not well, playing the one. six or seven. Does he go if... on the bench as the fourteen? No, no. Who do they bring in? Well, Clemmer. They, well, I don't know. Maybe Clemmer. I'm not sure, but Gutho won't. Ryan play. Madison. Yeah, Maddo, Maddo covers three or four positions. So, yeah. but Gutho won't be playing. Yeah, I'll tell you now. Uh, Cleary, that uh, Fitler said, let's see how he goes at the end of the week. At this stage, he's uh, not massively struggling with the the leg. Uh, but he's got to run, obviously, and tell the, the uh, coaching staff that he's ready to play. I expect him to play at this stage. I, there's no real indication from the Blues or uh, even Penrith that he's like he's in massive, massive doubt. And look, it's a Wednesday Origin. It's not a it's not a Sunday to Sunday after being picked. So um, yeah. he's got he's got a, he's got what nine days to go. So he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, that's the Blues uh, in a nutshell. We'll be back after the break to give our predictions for game number three and get to one of the uh, listener questions from that famous WhatsApp group on Not The Footy Show. You're not quite as aggressive when the, when when we're rolling. It's really weird. Like this <laughs> afternoon, you were quite, you know, <clears throat> um, robust. 
Yeah. Well, that's the problem when we use our goal without the, the audio no, no, recording, no, no, no. right? No, no, we, we've done this. Be, we have we've done this before, where we've refused to have a, have a dance before we do the podcast. Yet when we roll, you, you know, from what may be your position of standing, you you slacken off. What's sorry, man. no, no, don't be sorry. I, I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out the reasoning behind it. That's no, I don't like to be too um, bullish. I like to be Kerry Walters. Yeah, but you, but you, but it's actually more entertaining when you do. Yeah, I know, but there's a level to how much of that I can do as the, the host Why? versus the You're not the getting fired. I've got more no. chance of getting fired than you have. No, no, no. That's the whole I don't I don't want to be known as um being all over the shop, I guess is my main thing. Oh, that's so not, yeah, uh, you. hold on. So you're saying that's what I'm known for? No, you you just want to be Gus Gould. I know what you're known for. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, just waiting for you to go in a little tangent so I can just be bracy and be on the most popular podcast of all time. Just shut up for 90% of the show and let Gus talk. Um, happy to do that. Uh, okay, let's get to our predictions and um, this question. Okay. All right, time for Origin 3 predictions. We have the teams, we have the reasoning, as far as we see it here on the footy show. It's time for some predictions. Uh, we both went 3 0 New South Wales heading into game one. Mm. It's not going to happen. But uh, 2-1 New South Wales is a massive chance. I have a feeling, Cocksmith, that we're both in agreement that the Blues come away with a back-to-back series victory. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to put my hand up and, you know, confess that I'm just some kind of a, you know, couch commentator because um, I did pick Queensland for the second uh, second game. Who, who picked New South Wales? Who, picked New South, who was pretty confident New South Wales was going to win? You. Was I? Yes, thank you. So yes. I'm yeah. I'm happy to put my hand up and uh, admit when I'm wrong, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was wrong. I w- I couldn't have been more wrong if I tried. But I am going to go for for New South Wales. I'm I'm like I'm fairly comfortable that they will uh, wrap it up um, uh, Wednesday week. And give us a score, sir. Uh, okay, I'll give you a score, and I'll say it's going to be twenty-two ten. Yeah, I'm not too far off. I've got New South Wales 20 to 12. And it, part of me sort of goes, I don't know if Queensland have got that many points in them. I, yeah, they were they as underwhelming as they may have been in game two. I don't think they were that good in game one. And the guy who I thought was the, the defining factor for them in game one, eight playing game three. Mm. Uh, Ponga is the one that set up all their tries apart from the intercept from Gagai, if you recall. And... Yep. Uh, if they don't play, in my view, Morgan at one, oh, I just don't know where that that uber creativity comes from. Mm. And if New South Wales do a good job shutting down Cameron Munster, yeah, Queensland will struggle. Uh, I, I I look at the way these spines are set up, and someone spoke to Walters in the presser, and they said, "Oh, Ben Hunt was outstanding for you first two games." And he was, but he hasn't been a factor that has. Yeah, one of them has, has looked no. like winning in the match. He just hasn't been a liability. Even in when they got yeah. smashed the other night, I didn't think he was. He was by no means uh, someone who could hang his head. He was. He was actually quite good for Queensland. And, yeah, yeah. I, I think that they've been expecting, maybe not expecting, but the expectation was maybe Ben Hunt uh, would struggle at nine, especially with the, the workload of of defence. But he, but he hasn't. He, he's. You know, he's been one of their better players, I think, uh, for the first two games. And when mm. I say better, I don't mean game changing. I yep. just mean solid. Yeah. You know, probably something like you'd expect from Andrew McCulloch. Um, yeah. Not, not you know, earth shattering, but uh, definitely not letting the team down. Yeah. I'll, the player that I haven't mentioned yet, and I think probably has escaped a little bit of the uh, wrath out of game two, Daly Cherry Evans practically didn't participate in game two from what yeah. I remember watching. That that was a really like quite happy. But, but he's the guy, he's the guy that worries me. Like I know I've just said Munster is the one that but if if DCE finds a way and he is a I think he the busier he is, the more effective I mean, it's a dumb comment in some respects, but he is a player who the game he has to get take the game on. The game won't yeah. come to him. Yeah. And yeah, if, if we're not good there you go, I'm a New South Wales fan, deal with it. If we're not good in the first 20 minutes in terms of setting that tone and, and making sure that he hasn't got a platform to build off, that's where you can leave him out of the game and he won't come back and bite you. Mm. But if he gets a sniff early, yeah, the DCE factor is big. Um, but I also look at the fact we've got Cook, Tedesco, Maloney, uh, Cleary if he's fit, uh, Tommy, the four-pack doing their job. Uh, we we should carry him. 
I know that Fred, Freddie's been saying, oh, it's, an, it's another game in the past, doesn't matter. But look, the momentum we should be carrying to this game three is should be immense. We smashed Queensland the other night. Like it wasn't, it, 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 it was in the... It was in the ballpark of as dominant you'll ever see in an Origin game. I really believe that. Absolutely, mate. And, and you know what? There, there are, you know, in saying what you've just said, and I agree with everything you've said, I think DC can be dangerous if he can get involved early and get something happening early. Mm. <clears throat> but, you know, I've, I've sat back and listened to it and watched on Twitter and other, other social media platforms people slam Nathan Cleary. Um, yeah. and say that he's getting preferential treatment and uh, that he's, he's, he's crap. And, and mate, th- these people who, who sprout this crap um, don't know what they're on about. Seriously do not know much about football at all yep. uh, other than they know that there's a bunch of big blokes that they could never mix it with out on a football field playing football. Um, Nathan Cleary, he's 21 years old, okay? Um I know what I was like at 21, and and this bloke is mature beyond his years. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a, a a football student. He's a student of football. He understands rugby league. He he's amazingly cool under pressure, like no 21 year old that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and he's a player. You know, um, he 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 helped New South Wales dominate that first 35 minutes uh, in Perth, uh, and. His defence was, you know, he's he's probably only second as far as a defender goes. Probably only second to Mitchell Pearce. Now Mitchell Pearce is, is you know, late twenties, nearly thirty years old. If he's not thirty yet, he's already um, thirty. Yeah. Okay, so um, he he is a an infinitely better player than Mitchell Pearce was at twenty one. I'll tell you yep. that right now. Yeah. Um, that's no sledge on Mitchell Pearce because he's a fine player, but. The people that are carrying on, on, I mean, people get caught up. We, as Aussies, we get caught up in nepotism and, um, mm-hmm. you know, blaming nepotism for a lot of stuff and uh, the tall poppy syndrome. And we like to cut down someone who's doing well for themselves. But I'll tell you, you know, mate, I, I can see why they pick Nathan Cleary and, and I'd have him in my team too, especially when you can, especially when you can partner him with someone like James Maloney. They, yep. they complement each other so well, you know, um, Cleary, Cleary does a lot more than what people think. He's he's not just you know a bloke that looks like Ivan running around for nepotism reasons. Um, so, you know, to all the blokes out there and ladies out there that want to keep cracking on about um, Nathan Cleary, all you're actually doing is confirming what little you know about rugby league. So, you know, keep dribbling. And look, if he plays in game three, he's the world's win game three. The only stat that matters there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that he has two. Series wins from two attempts. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And forget about the rest of the stats. That's the job. Get your team the win. That's what a team does. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. Anywho, let's go to the questions. And it's from, well, our mate, Glenn Cuthill. Uh, Rembrandt, as they call him in the classics. Uh, he asked, basically, this is why it's important. He goes, should uh, Nathan Cleary buy a lottery ticket? Um <laughs> Well, is he old enough? That's the big question, I guess, from from our perspective. Uh, I think yeah. I think Cuddy is just being a winder. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he has wound us up into the second part of his question, mm-hmm. uh, which is, what is Cocksmith's favourite Origin memory? Now, there's a billion things we can do, Cocksmith. We haven't got time because I want to make this podcast relatively short, and this yeah. is something we can maybe dovetail into a little bit more after Game Three when we reconvene. But give me your number one. I'm going to give you my number one after you give me your number one. But give me your number one memory. In origin, probably best memory, you know. Okay, and and it, and I'll be honest, it's not it's not from a game that I was at. It's fine. Okay? That's fine. Um, and I I think it was about 92, 91, 92, or ninety three. The 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 conversion from the sideline, Mick O'Connor, yeah. on a on a rain sodden SFS. That's yep. That was uh, pretty special. Now Cartwright takes with a head off a quick play the ball. Sensational pass. Yeah, 
Yes, he certainly made a difference, John Cartwright, since he's come into the game. Just that, that great skill he has in the ball playing department. He's been able to put on something a little bit special there. New South Wales have been able to finish the movement out wide. And we see Mike Lake Connor in a very similar situation as we saw him in the first game with a conversion from the sideline to tie things up here. Well, John Cartwright. I'm sorry to win the game now. 12 points all. It was all before this that Bradley Clyde came off a Cartwright pass. But that long pass to Sparkles McGaw, the only thing sparkling at the football stadium was Sparkles McGaw. Watch this pass from Ricky Stewart. It is an absolute gem of a pass. Yes. And McGaw said, I'm big and I'm strong. And he took them off. Got it down. In fact, almost dragged across the line by a Maroon player. Yes, a great ball from Ricky Stewart, and I'm sure that he must have had visions of England running through his mind there. It was a pass to nothing. We did see one intercepted during the Kangaroo Tour, but that one was perfect. Straight into the arse of Mark McGaw. He took over three defenders with him. He's now given the New South Wales side an opportunity to win the game, courtesy of the boot of Michael O'Connor. Two from three for Michael O'Connor. He's three metres in. He's 20 metres out. Gets it away nicely. He's kicked it. He's kicked it. He's got it. Michael O'Connor has won the second state of origin for New South Wales. No, don't say that, Ray. Two and a half minutes left on the clock. But New South Wales now lead 14, 14 points to 12, and the series is alive. If you want to watch great origin football, people put the tape in from about 91 to 94 in origin. Uh, they are some of the best games of pure rugby league you'll ever watch. Just just do it. Uh, the the great thing about that kick, I always think, is A, the conditions they were playing in, it's pouring down with rain, but B, the ball would have just been rock hard. Was uh, it a leather back, ball? Was it not yeah, leather back, ball, was it? yeah, yeah, still then. Um, and the best part of that whole moment is the cockroach on the um, <laughs> sideline doing the old... He's trying to mimic the cockroach kicking its legs on the uh, the sideline uh, railing there. It's uh, always stick with me. I'm going a few years forward, and it ain't a New South Wales memory. It is the greatest moment in origin history as far as I'm concerned. It's my favourite memory mm, as much as I hate it. it Mark Coyne's miracle try. There's nothing better. Uh, it, it, it rivals Canberra's match-winning try and... Uh, the Steve Jackson try from 89. It's mm. for me, and as a Canberra fan, that's why that one's so high up and I think it's for a lot, high for a lot of people. But the Mark Coyne try, it is, it is a nightmare just playing through your mind every time you watch it. 30 metres out from their own line. Queensland, a long, long way to go to either snatch victory or snatch a draw. Coyne at the 79th minute is tackled. Trailing 12-10. Langer pushing it wide. Walters onward. Khan joins in. Floats the pass for Renoff. Renoff down the touchline. Beats one. Gets it in field. Hancock gets it on. Queensland are coming back. Darren Smith for Langer. Langer gets it away. Here's the big fella. Gets the pass on. Coyne. Coyne goes for the corner. And gets the try. Queensland. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that from Queensland? They can't believe it. Unbridled joy on the sideline, and why not? That's not a try, that's a miracle. Oh, Queensland are in front now. And the, 14 to 12. The back line combining with their forwards. What about this? Great work here from Willie Kahn, keeping the ball to Renoff. The acceleration of Renoff down the sideline. Great support play from Michael Hancock on the inside. Langer will come into it soon. First, who's that? Darren Smith. What's he doing there? Alan Langer. That pass from Meninga to Mark Coyne. Fittler's across there, valiantly trying to keep him out. So too, Stuart. Coyne reaches out. Oh, it's never in doubt, was it? Oh, what a the Queenslanders, they will never say die, and they proved it again here tonight. A massive, brilliant try to finish it off. They've won the match. It's all over. 14 to 12. And Mel Meninga takes the attempt at conversion. Look at this. It's a beauty. Queensland 16 to 12. And King Wally goes down 
to meet his Warriors. And look at the face on Mel Meninga, the highest point scorer in State of Origin. He was there in Game 1 in 1980, and he's led them around to a miracle victory here. Superb effort. They've come from 12-4 down with about 10 minutes to go, then 12-10 down with a minute to go, and they've won 16-12. But it is so glorious. It is glorious nightmares. I, 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 you can't beat it. You can have your Billy Slater chips and all this kind of stuff and mm. eight in a row and all that kind of stuff. No, this is the greatest moment. Like, it's just glorious. It's a, and I, it's a, it's oh. a very good moment. You know, you know, going back to that Canberra thing just for briefly for, mm. for a moment. Have you heard? Um, have you heard Blocker talk about uh, Steve Jackson? He, no, um, I haven't. So apparently a couple of years ago, they had like a reunion, an 89 grand final reunion where Canberra players and Balmain players got together for, for a luncheon or a dinner or something like that. And anyway, yep. uh, apparently Steve Jackson um, walked in and he, he walked up to Blocker and he says, oh, hi, Blocker, Steve Jackson, I'm, you know, do you remember me? And apparently Blocker said to him, remember you? You destroyed my life. <laughs> do I remember you? <laughs> Which uh, uh, you know, obviously it yeah. wasn't a great moment for, uh, for Blocker then. Uh, final point on that uh, 94 try as as great as the call is and it's amazing um, uh, Sterlo and Fatty is just you know Fatty just goes oh yeah what about that one Sterlo and then you hear Sterlo just go unbelievable and then I think Rab says something but no one remembers Um, (laughs) but the greatest part of that whole vision that you see is Wally Lewis jumping up and down going did that just happen am I am I a super coach yeah. Like, did I did I did I draw that play up? I know I'm the greatest Origin player of all time, but was that on like? Oh, it's it's just it's it's what magic. Year was that mate? That's '94 game one SFS. Yeah. It is the it is arguable. Like it's just it's just ah. You're here on the podcast. I've got the audio. Do you yeah, know something that was my first State of Origin I shot. Where were you when that try was scored? When the try was scored, I was right opposite, right near the tunnel. Because there was only seconds left in the game, and because yeah. it went so they, far, they started on the forty, didn't they? In their own line, yeah. I was right near. I was I was waiting for a celebration picture from from full time for New South Wales. Did you happen to get any shots off? I mean, it would have been early on in your career. But... Yeah, I did. I did. I got. I got. I was shooting film back then, but I did get shots away. Um, and and really, and all it was then was kind of like a, a shoot over to that um, that uh, corner, northeastern corner, and then quickly turn and try and get something of Wally. Um, you know. But, it's look. It's it's probably a discussion for a, a longer podcast. But mate, that that's something we're going to go down the road with you. And yeah, it's sure. just those where you were at different points of uh, <laughs> NRL history. Uh, mm. After the break, we will go to you. The other questions coming through from Twitter. But I got to wrap this thing up. It's thirty eight minutes already. What's going on with my life? Uh, I've got to go to sleep. Hang on. There's cricket on. I won't be going to sleep. Uh, we'll be back after the break here on the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. Okay, it's episode 197. Not the Footy Show. Wrapping this thing up. Uh, we have a couple of questions from Twitter that I wanted to get to because people have been nice enough to get to us and actually give us questions. So let's get to it, Cox Smith. The music's playing. Go. Gavin uh, on Twitter says, has Rob Cox worked the new Parramatta Stadium yet? If he has, yep. can he share his thoughts on the joint? Yep, I've done two games there. Um, it's very different from the old one, of course, and, mm. it, and it feels oriented different. It's not. It's still obviously north-south um, uh, facing um, try lines in the north and the south. It's, it just feels completely different. It's, it feels a lot like um, uh, the one in Queensland. Um, yep. Uh, Lang Park, what's it called now? Yep, Suncorp. Suncorp Stadium. Um, it just feels like a miniature version of Suncorp Stadium. Uh, it's great, you know, when they come out of the tunnel there, just before they come out of the tunnel, they go in, they, the Parramatta team walk through a crowd of, of, uh, um, of members, um, people okay. having a bar. Basically, they walk straight past a bar, which is kind <laughs> of weird, but it's, it's very cool. Uh, the lighting is superb. Um, yep. Whoever designed the lighting system in there and, you know, focused all the lights around, which, you know, people don't notice it on TV, but as as a stills photographer shooting those kind of things you definitely notice it and yep. um very very bright uh great stadium and 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 the, they've got the seating right as well the crowd's okay. really close but when you when you shoot it from our perspective you don't see much of the crowd because they're actually kind of in the shadows the light yeah, is all yeah, focused yeah, yeah. to the middle of the field fantastic field mate great if i was you know if, if i if, if i was ever thinking about taking my family to one game of footy a year 
they'll yep. be at that stadium. It's it's that good. It's a really okay. really good stadium. So. Awesome. I haven't I haven't made my debut there yet. Uh, some stage soon. I'm sure there's a few more games coming up mm. towards the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to being out there. I love Parramatta Stadium, even though I had a Parramatta. Um, but it was the closest ground to my place. Uh, so many a night uh, trudging down there, uh, particularly after all of the blokes in um, school got their peas, uh, we'd go down to the games. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and there's some, like it, an it's answer for, for you, Gav. And then uh, Luste, which could be pronounced completely different. Uh, this is the new L-U-Z-T-E-H. L-U-Z-T-E-H. Yep. Okay, what you said. Luste. Uh uh, this is the person who actually somehow came across a tweet of mine promoting the show, said, going to give it a go. Really liked it. So thank you, Luste, uh, Thanks, until we got Thanks, to man. our answer to this question, which is uh, thoughts on the use of the sin bin this weekend, uh, at dovetailing into Ashley Klein's refereeing is poor at best. Do you believe he should be in Origin 3? I think we can both answer the fact that we both don't overly rate him. Uh, but then again, what are the op- other options? Uh, the Sinbin question, mate. I'll save you the Klein one. Um, the Sinbin situation. Uh, yeah. Um, thoughts? Well, mate, I think I think uh, I think the Panthers were ripped off. Um, not because I like the Panthers. It's just, yeah, yeah he should never have been Sinbin. Um, yeah. You mean Liam Martin? Is that what he's talking about? No, no. The was the Jerome Lauer, Luai. Oh, Jerome. Yeah, no. Yeah. I got no dramas with the Martin one simply because Maloney had been warned. Beforehand, yeah. and then cl- and then played the whole. He never told me, sir. I'm like, mate, everyone's look. Ger- Ger- uh, Jerome Lawai shouldn't have been Simbind either, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I don't think it was the main referee's call. I, I think it was the pocket referee was okay. adamant that um, Jerome Lawai had committed a sin. Um, and the NRL came out today and said they were wrong. Yeah. And the NRL also came out today and said that uh, uh, <laughs> Fusatua's try was no try. Yeah, yeah. It's um, amazing what you miss sometimes when you're looking for other things. Uh, well, it doesn't. The Sinbin, yeah. you, you know what? It doesn't help. It, it, this is the problem. My problem with it is, and I mean, we all make mistakes. Mm. We're humans, but yeah. it's going to happen one day in a grand final or an Origin decider or a Test match. It, it, trust me, it'll happen. And the, the issue there, Cocksmith, is that they have this onus on them to do it quickly. Like that's just the media complaint. Like the same media they'll complain about it taking too long, and the same media who will then complain that's going too fast. Like if you're who you're trying to please. You're not going to win that argument. You've got to just get the decision just as right on. as you can. Um, look, in terms of Sinbin, from my perspective, they should be using it a heck of a lot more than what they are. doesn't mean they necessarily used it right this weekend, but it should be used for foul play, especially when players are getting their heads taken off and that player's out of the match because of the HIA and the player stays on the field the rest of the match. I can see that being used, in, or it should be, in my view, used increasingly more to uh, mm. even the player a little bit there because we're seeing, yeah, just too much of that um, that foul play situation, and it's but not just as of late, but just in general, especially when I, you can't turn around and yeah. stop the bloke. I, I tend to agree. I, I mean, I like player safety. I, I like you know, and I know that sometimes players do go out to try and take someone out, not as much as they used to. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I'm always reluctant to to make a, a team play against 13 blokes with 12. I mean, quite often, more often than not, the team that gets sin binned. Um, actually goes on to win the game uh, for some weird reason. But, yeah, I, I mean, just going going back to this weekend, mate, I I think they, at best, they got it 50% right in that game, um, yeah. which is not a stat that I'd, I'd be very proud of. Yeah, and to answer the second part of Lou State's question, Klein will get the gig. He'll be the assistant ref under um, some. That'll be the way. That's what it'll be. I like Atkins. I think Chekin's pretty good, although I think, don't think he was great against uh, for the game on the weekend. I like Atkins I too. I do, um, I do. But those are the two that I'd pick personally. That's who, just, who would you, you know, pick? You'd pick Atkins and Atkins and um, uh, Matt Checker. Who be would be the Who would be the pocket? Uh, well, I'd probably try and split it fifty fifty. To be honest, because I think that's a better uh, split. I think having one guy run the whole thing this day and age, mm, yeah, you can just get a little bit too. But that's not how they're doing it. They are having no. pocket and main. So if you're going to have a pocket and main and you've got Chechen... Oh, I'd have Chechen. I think he's the best. So Ch- Chechen would be the, yep. the main. Okay. Yep. And I think Atkins is certainly uh, looking like the next next one that More importantly good. was, who would be the touch judges? Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, Ziggy. Ziggy. There's a guy really? called Ziggy. I don't know. No. I just like his name. Um, Touchies, oh. mate. They should be uh, seen and not heard or... Heard I would have... Or, I don't know. Something like that. Casey yeah. Badger and... Belinda Sleeman. 
backwards that last name. Seaman. I love it. Seaman. I love, oh, I love the girl touch judges. They're great. Good. Anyway, that is the greater answer to your question, kids. I hopefully we did uh, some justice to us. So I did ask you a question on Twitter on uh, Sunday night. I asked, what was the worst loss of round 15? I'm going to ask you, Cocksmith. Was it uh, Canberra getting run down yep. after leading 16-0 to Para, Or was First it uh, Cronulla uh, just oh, turning up and thinking me. thinking they could just uh, <laughs> um, turn up and win against the Bulldogs on now Sunday? You've, now you've got me. Yeah, um, well, this is reflected in the, the poll results, to be honest. Okay, so, so I watched I watched uh, the Canberra game on... I watched three quarters of it and then watched the last 15 minutes the next morning. Yeah. Um, and I watched the Bulldogs oh, game live. Oh, you waited for the best bit, yeah. yeah. I watched the Bulldogs game live. Um Oh mate, I don't know. Cronulla, Cronulla just found a way to lose that game, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. And look, I'm not. I'm not. Well, they never, to... they never stood up and won it. That's probably the biggest statement in regards yeah. to that. I'm not trying to beat up because the, the dogs scored 14 points and didn't score after that. Yeah, well, they 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 hung in there. <clears throat> like the do- the dogs didn't disappear. I mean, they, you know, they hung in there, and that's all they needed to do. Uh, but I think the more heartbreaking one was Ricky. I don't like seeing Ricky upset. I never like seeing Ricky Stewart upset, mate. Because invariably, mm. when he's upset, I've got to photograph his game the next week. Well, let's and just say, let's just say, what is interesting about the Stewart one, and this is where I think he, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a bit of two and two here equals seventeen. Mm. Uh, he came in the press conference and said, "I know why they lost." Right. He didn't, he didn't admit, didn't say to the, the press why they lost. But I have just been on the Instagram, you know, in the last couple of hours, and uh, let's just say all the Canberra players who are on Instagram that I follow. They're having, Mali, the, they? they're having holidays right now. And my theory is that Ricky's a bit worried that they thought they had the game one after half an hour and they started looking towards their, their fishing trips, their barley trips and all that kind of stuff. And I think well, that's, What do you think? Do you think they did? Oh, well, the performance was so average. I don't think they should even think about anything but, you know. So oh, what's the moral wait. to that story was? Well, the moral of that story is that Ricky... Don't give Ricky, him a week off. Ricky doesn't, want, doesn't like buys. That's what my guess is. <laughs> I think he likes buys as much as that chair on the sideline from a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the, the, the vision of Sam Williams chundering off over the side of the boat today captured by Jared Croker in about seven Instagram stories. Just a continual flow of Williams chundering is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges. I mean, which, whichever way you want to go. Um, I... Thought that it was interesting though the the poll results ninety eight votes sixty uh, percent said Cronulla had the worst loss to forty percent mm-hmm. by the Raiders but that's that's a pretty even split considering it was hundred votes uh, that is episode one hundred ninety seven on the Footy Show we are done dusted and I've got to edit the thing happy mm-hmm. birthday to me uh, we will reconvene after a game three's result and regardless of whether the Wales win or lose we will do a review of the series. Uh, mate, I'd love to do it in person, but you know, you're just so busy, 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 busy. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm, I am as well. But anyway, that's just my fault. Last thing I want to leave everybody with, and I'll play it after we say goodbye on the footy show. But NRL Roast, he's on Instagram, he's on Twitter, he's all around the place. Uh, he pushes the boundaries uh, with a few things, definitely pushes the boundaries in regards to using vision. And he did it this weekend. I don't know if you've seen it, Cocksmith, but he has somehow worked out that if you slow Mark Gasnier and Michael Ennis down um, to slow-mo, they sound like the drunkest uh, niff-nuffs you've ever heard in a pub talking about uh, rugby league. I couldn't tell the difference between that and the regular audio, if I'm perfectly honest with you, uh, but it is magnificent. It will close the show as we uh, wrap up 197. I've been Warwick Nicholson. You can follow me at Annual Tweet. On Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Where can I get you, Cocksmith? Yeah, mate, Twitter or uh, Instagram. But come and say good day to me on Instagram. Send me a private message. Just slide into my DMs if you want at Rob Cox, R O B C O X. Slide and in. Final, final little thing. Uh, I think we should do a bit of a shout out to the, the mighty Norellan Jets, mate. How are they traveling? Mate, the Norellan Jets 12 A's are going pretty good, but we do have a big game on this Saturday. Mm. Uh, top of the table clash with Camden Rams. Uh, so, look. Lads, uh, if you're listening, Focus, you know. You, I know you got a buy coming up after this. I've just spoken about this. Ricky doesn't like the buy. Cocksmith doesn't like the buy. All right, you don't go on any holidays. None of this like two weeks off in July garbage. Focus, yeah. Focus. Yeah. Focus. I, uh, I really hope the boys do dig in this weekend. They they had a great game last week. Won forty nil against the third place team. This nice. weekend it's against the second place team who've only lost one game all year, which we served up to them. And uh, yeah. I hope that any of the little lads are listening. Good luck, boys, and work Absolutely, hard. Absolutely, lads. Good stuff. Work hard. That's all. Work hard. That's the key. Work don't hard, go on holidays. Efforts. Don't, don't chunder over the sideline of a boat. Uh, that's episode 197. Uh, Cocksmith, thanks for your time, buddy. You too, mate. Talk to you later.
Pepsi. Pepsi. Not the footy show. Show? He, he's dead set five metres out there. He's in between the 10 metre line and the try line. That is ridiculous. And you're right, Gaz. Travels another two metres before he slams the ball down. Footer to it. This will only be his third try for 2019. Look how far he's here. Oh. Oh, that touches. That is out. That's no try. All right. Um, you've heard that audio, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. hilarious, yeah. mate. Sensational. 100%. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Not the footy show. Pepsi.